0: Welcome to HSBC Global Viewpoint, the podcast series that brings together business leaders and industry experts to explore the latest global insights, trends, and opportunities. Make sure you're subscribed to stay up to date with new episodes. Thanks for listening, and now on to today's show. The following podcast was recorded on the 18th of January 2024 by HSBC Global Research. All the disclosures and disclaimers associated with it must be viewed on the link attached to your media player. And don't forget that you can subscribe to this weekly podcast on Apple and Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts by searching for the Macro Brief. Hello and welcome to the Macro Brief. I'm your host Piers Butler in London. Venture capital or VC has been an important source of funding for potentially transformative technologies and businesses for more than a quarter of a century. But what are VC investors focusing on today? From generative AI to gene therapy and from cloud to clean tech. This week we're taking a look at some of the sectors in the VC spotlight. I'm joined in the studio by Mark MacDonald, Head of Data Science and Analytics. Mark, welcome back onto the podcast. Thanks for having me on again. So you've just published the second edition of Funding the Future. Firstly, remind us what this publication aims to do.
1: Funding the Future is a publication in which we track data on venture capital investments. And the, the rationale for doing this is, is kind of twofold. Um, one is that the companies that are funded by venture capitalists, these are often uh, companies that are um, inventing and deploying uh, disruptive technologies. And so these companies often end up growing to be either big public companies themselves or competitors to uh, big public companies. So that what's happening there is important from a disruptive tech space anyway. Uh, and I think also it's uh, something where you know, these these companies um, that are, that are being funded, the activities that they're doing can end up influencing the overall economy. A great example being uh, you know, OpenAI. It's a private company, it's received a lot of venture capital funding, so have many other generative AI companies. Generative AI has had a massive impact on public markets, so it's important for investors in the public markets too. So the more you know about what's going on in the VC world,
0: the better you are equipped at, uh, at highlighting what's going to happen in the public markets. And in fact, you've de- developed a tracking tool. Is that right?
1: Yes, we've got the uh, the HSBC VEN-T measure. Uh, this is really something which allows us to track uh, you know, the current level of venture capital investments relative to recent history. Uh, and the, the rationale for that is, if you look at the pattern of uh, capital being deployed in, in VC investments... Uh, we saw a, a significant increase in 2020 and 2021. Uh, and then that's now had two years of se- sequential declines. It was lower in 2022 and 2023. And it's now back to levels that you, sort of typical for pre-COVID. And so one way to look at that would be to say, oh, okay, this was an anomaly and we're now back to normal. Uh, but in reality, humans and financial markets don't work like that. People make decisions based on you know what's happening right now. And so, companies that were receiving venture capital investments and VC investors themselves will have been making decisions in 2021 based on you know, a continuation of that um, surge of easy money. And so, the sequential declines over the last two years will have felt like a fairly significant crunch. And the Venti allows us to kind of track current levels relative to recent history. And so, what we were seeing, say, maybe six months ago, was that level was very depressed. It was sort of trading at about 60%. Um, what we're seeing now is that the Venti has gone back up, uh, so it's still suggesting that current levels are low relative to recent history, it's a bit lower than 80%, but it's moving in the right direction. I think that is a um, that is a cause for you know, some optimism, particularly because uh, VC returns are often um, are often related to uh, the level of interest rates, and so the lower rate environment. Um, is likely to help there too. And
0: what, in this second edition, were the sort of key takeaways?
1: Well, as always, there are are some areas that are receiving a lot of excitement and a lot of investor interest, these kind of emerging spaces. Um, One very notable one was AI generally, and specifically generative AI. This has been a a huge focus um, for most investors at the moment. Uh, Two other areas where we're seeing a lot of excitement are in the sort of biopharma space. There's a lot of biotech investments and also sustainability. Particularly in Asia, we're seeing a lot of investments into sort of clean tech. So talking about Asia, some of your colleagues in Asia have also
0: written about AI and and their implications. Can you just maybe give us uh, an overall highlight on that?
1: Yes, I I think the uh, the generative AI tools, uh, they are general-purpose technology, and there is the possibility for um, these tools to be used for wide-scale productivity improvements across the economy. Um, So at some point, analysts in all sectors will probably have to start considering the impact of AI on the companies that they cover. But at the moment, um, the area where it's being most cleanly manifested is in tech companies. Uh, So our analysts that cover individual tech companies have been uh, writing about this uh, this factor quite significantly, particularly uh, in Asia. Yes, I would highlight
0: uh, Charlene Liu, who's, who's published on generative AI in, in, in China in, in particular. Um, and coming back to your area, how are you applying AI and, and
1: other tools in, in your work? So we've been using uh, machine learning and AI tools uh, for many years now. Um, I think the, the area that's most close to uh, the current area of AI excitement Um, is our work on natural language processing so for many years now we've been uh, performing natural language processing analysis of earnings call transcripts Uh, we have our own proprietary sentiment model that we've uh, trained uh, by uh, you know us and other analysts at hsbc teaching a machine learning model you know how to interpret uh, sentences that Uh, company management say on an earnings call and decide, are they positive, are they negative, are they neutral, or are they just irrelevant? And it's from the very granular sentence-by-sentence data that this machine learning model produces that we're able to track sentiment of company management towards a whole host of themes. In your um,
0: Data Matters series, I was looking at it ahead of of the podcast, in the November one, you have this uh, fantastic picture of what are the key words in uh, US uh, earnings transcripts? Uh, And obviously not surprisingly, AI features large. That's probably likely to sort of continue being uh, the the most sort of uh, mentioned word. But can you give us a sense of the pace of development? Sort of things I hear and read is that it's been very rapid in the course of 2023, but it almost seems to be accelerating even more in 2024
1: yes i mean it's an interesting one because the the pace of change um of of ai and particularly generative ai um things have been moving very quickly there's huge uh, research interest there uh, and lots of funding uh, moving into the space part of the pace of change i would argue is a little bit illusory in that for people who are not ai specialists or not involved in uh, performing machine learning um if you go back before chat gpt probably most people didn't really know that generative AI was a thing. It wasn't a topic that people discussed. And so over quite a short period of time, you went from most people having virtually no knowledge of and no access to generative AI to uh, suddenly being able to have easy access to the most cutting-edge models on the planet. And that gives the perception of an unbelievable pace of change, Um, although it's really a change in user experience. I think one thing that is leading to very rapid uh, change is the um, the fact that many of these models have moved recently from being what are basically scientific research problems into what are now um, engineering problems, and so you have uh, the ability for people to um, you know really start to uh, daisy chain uh, different machine learning models together to produce you know quite incredible looking products. Uh, a great example would be recently on LinkedIn, I posted a video of myself uh, appearing to speak uh, fluent Mandarin. Don't you? Uh, which don't yeah, you. which, uh, <laughs> <laughs> which I, I do not. Um, and this was uh, an AI tool put together by a startup where you upload a video of yourself speaking. In my case, in English, and it produces a video of you appearing to to speak many other languages. And uh, it's it looks like me, it sounds like me, if I were indeed able to, uh, to speak that language, um, and my lips are moving um, you know, in sync with the, with the movement. Now each step of that process from turning one video into another is something that is now a fairly well-engineered process. So there's the speech-to-text part where it has to work out which English words I'm using. There's the language translation part where it needs to work out how to convert that into Chinese. And then there's the generative AI component where it takes you know, video of me and the new text and produces the video where I uh, appear to um, appear to be speaking it. And e- each of those individually is, is not that remarkable. Um, But when they're stitched together, it produces this really, like, staggeringly impressive product. Um, And I think increasingly we're going to see people finding ways of using these tools to produce products that do things that, until recently, would have been science fiction. Are you worried or excited about the prospect of having a digital twin? (laughs) I mean, I think these things are are very exciting. You know, often people are scared of new technology because you can see the things that are, are likely to be taken away by technology and will do things that you, you used to do um, but also it will open up the possibility of doing things that were not possible before and hopefully it will free up some time to uh, to spend on higher value activities that AI can't do yet.
0: Yeah I guess uh, if you can rely on the digital twin it'll be able to multiply your marketing capability Exactly. so the productivity implications are, qu- are quite significant.
1: I, w- I would think so yes I think there are uh, you know many areas where AI can lead to uh, quite significant productivity improvements. So by the end of 2024, we're likely to see some pretty major changes? Yeah, I would think so. I mean, generally, when disruptive technologies come in, they, they tend to follow an S-curve, where it's steep acceleration at the beginning, and then at some point it tails off. Uh, but I think with this technology, we're still quite early in the acceleration phase. Uh, you know, this technology is so new for so many people that it, it's taking time for people to to identify the most productive ways of using it. And I think we're still quite early in that process.
0: Well, on that note, uh, Mark, I'm sure we will be having you back on the podcast to talk about some of these developments. But for now, thank you very much for joining us. Thanks for having me. I look forward to you returning. Here's a roundup of some of the other reports published by Global Research over the past week. The latest data showed that UK inflation ticked up unexpectedly from 39 to 4% in December. Our economics team say that some strength came via volatile components, ranging from computer games to theatre tickets. These numbers suggest that inflation stickiness has not been entirely banished. And they say this supports their view that UK rate cuts will not happen until the second half of the year. Our LATAM economists and strategists have just published a new multi-asset outlook. They see a two-speed region in 2024, with Brazil and Mexico ahead of the pack. The inflation picture has improved markedly across LATAM. Central bank rate cuts will continue throughout the year, and there will be less political noise. The report assesses the implication of the currency, equity, and rates markets. And it's the final call for our live insights, where I'll be putting your questions to our chief global economist, Janet Henry. The event is taking place on 19th January at 3 p.m. UK time. For details on how to register and more on the reports mentioned in today's podcast, please email askresearch at hsbc.com. So that's it for this edition of the Macro Brief. Thanks very much for listening. We'll be back next week. Thank you for joining us at HSBC Global Viewpoint. We hope you enjoyed the discussion. Make sure you're subscribed to stay up to date with new episodes.